1: Welcome to the pastor's study. I visited my brother in Colorado. I had free time and I went sightseeing and at Colorado Springs you can take the cog train from the bottom of Pikes Peak all the way to the top. It takes an hour and a half. You get off and you walk around for half an hour. Come back on the train an hour and a half. I had prayed in the morning, Lord, if it's your will, use me to share the gospel today. I sit down on the train and you're crammed into this train with People are kind of right in your face. And next to me was this 30-year-old woman from Mexico City, raised Catholic. She now doesn't believe in God, but she believes in love and reincarnation. And so I just start sharing. I said, well, you know, I just want to encourage you. The main thing is to believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And this couple facing us are, are nodding like this. And I'm thinking, well, these are believers and are so the, the young woman says to me, well, you know, you're a Lutheran. I was raised Catholic. What's the difference between a Lutheran and a Catholic? And I explained, and, and I explained the denominations. But I said, then you've got to be careful of these things called the cults. They say they're Christian, but they're not, like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, etc." And I said to this couple facing us, I said, do you all go to church? Oh, yes. Uh, what church? Jehovah's Witnesses. And I said, oops. And that began an hour and a half difficult conversation. They believe the doctrine of the Trinity is of the devil. I believe it's thoroughly biblical. They don't believe Jesus is God. I do believe Jesus is God. They don't believe in eternal hell. I believe there is an eternal hell. Jesus talks about eternal punishment. And it went on and on. Finally, I turned to the poor lapsed Catholic and I said, I'm so sorry you're having to hear all this. Well, we got to the top of the mountain, walked around, you go back to the very same seat and we come down doing the same thing for another hour or so. And now a young man and a young woman come through collecting our tickets. And I think the young woman conductor sensed something was going on because she leaned into our aisle and she said, are you all all right? (laughs) And I said to her as a joke, Uh, we need you to solve our religion discussion for us. And she said, oh, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And the guy next to her taking tickets said, well, I'm an agnostic, but I'm really open to talking about everything. I got off that train with such a headache, not a literal headache, but a spiritual headache, so grieved by all the religious confusion in the world. And I I just... My, my point for this half hour is, Christians, we need to talk to people about Jesus. Can I tell you something evil that happened recently? The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, that's the big liberal branch of Lutheranism, the New England Synod of the ELCA Lutheran Church passed a resolution that they're going to try to get through the entire church. They want to delete the words about bringing people to faith in Christ out of the ELCA constitution because they don't want to offend Muslims and Jews and because we need to be humble. How do we know Buddha doesn't save? That is evil. Jesus' last words on earth to the church were, Go ye therefore and convert the nations. So what we're going to talk about in this half hour is, how do I do that? How do I share the gospel? I saw a funny cartoon. A man and his friend are waiting at the bus stop. The man has on his t-shirt and big letters, let's talk about Jesus. And he says to his friend, gets me a seat to myself every time. <laughs> well, how do I talk to people about Jesus? Please listen, that's what this is all about today. Let's pray. God, we do pray if there's any Buddhist, Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, Jew, agnostic watching our show, that they will come to saving faith in Christ. We pray for those of us that are Christians, Lord, e- equip us now on how to share Christ with others. In his name we pray. Amen. How do I talk to people about Jesus? first point comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, where Peter writes, Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness. The first way we share Christ with people is talk with gentleness. So I was asked to go downtown Minneapolis to a large church and give a Bible study to the young adults. We were sitting in a circle, and I, I did the Bible study. <clears throat> there was one very strange young man at the Bible study. He seemed very nervous, and it just it was obvious something was wrong. And afterwards... He says to me, I just left the unification church of the Reverend Sung Myung Moon, and I, I finally left that group. Well, this other young adult guy hears him, and he comes over, don't you know that the Reverend Moon can't be the second coming of Christ? And don't you know the Moonies are cult? And he starts using the Bible as a machine gun. And I'm thinking, please, Lord, get this guy out of here. And finally, he left, and I sat down with the former Moon person, and I said, what was it like in your group? And he just unloaded his soul. And I was able very gently to say, well, I'm so glad you came tonight. Please keep coming to this group. And it's just so important you, you come to understand the real Jesus Christ, that the Reverend Moon was not Christ. Jesus is the Christ. And my point is, when you share Christ with people, be gentle. Second way to share the gospel with people, the Apostle Paul writes this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. Next way we, we share the gospel, conform as much as possible. If you're talking to a uh, Muslim... If you're talking to a Jew, you don't bring up the the stuff that's going to irk them. Conform as much as possible so you can share the gospel with people without compromise. We We don't compromise like some of the liberal Protestants want to do and we say Muslims, Jews, Buddhists, we all worship the same God. No, we don't! Muslims believe Jesus is not God. Christians believe Jesus is God. How do we believe in the same God? Jews do not believe in one God and three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Christians believe in one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How do we believe in the same God? The point is, we don't. So when you talk with someone about Christ, conform as much as possible, but don't compromise. Next way to share the gospel is from Romans chapter 1, verse 15. The apostle Paul writes, I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. That's the next way we, we, we share. Talk eagerly. The best part, I think, one of the best parts of the Christmas story, the angels talked to the shepherds and it said the shepherds went with haste to tell what the angel had told them that the Christ was born. Do you share the gospel eagerly? Do you like the shepherds go, with haste, I got to share the gospel today. I remember walking years ago on the sidewalks of Chicago. Lots of people on the sidewalk. Big crowd in Chicago. I'm walking on the sidewalk and I'm just kind of getting depressed and I'm wondering all these people, do they know Christ? Do they think about God? It just seemed very depressing to me. I turned the corner, and around the corner, standing on the street corner, was this black man preaching the gospel. And I just stood there, and I listened. He wasn't a kook. He wasn't screaming at people. He was simply, lovingly preaching the gospel. It made my day. How, how eager are you to share the gospel? If you woke up tonight at 2 a.m., and you looked across the street, and your neighbor's house was on fire. Would you run across the street and wake him up? I bet you would. Well, the point is, if your neighbor does not know Jesus Christ, their house is on fire. Will you wake the person up? Let's be eager to share the gospel. And you know what? Some people really want to hear what you have to say. You know, I learned this back in college. In 1974, I was in college. I took an evangelism course. Part of the homework was you and a friend had to go door to door in the afternoon, ringing on doorbells in a neighborhood and sharing Christ. I was very nervous. I still get nervous doing that kind of thing. But we did it, and you know what I learned? And Back in 1974, in a Minneapolis suburb, the people that were home were the housewives in the afternoon. You know what I learned? Some of these women really wanted to talk about this. Come in, I remember a lady vacuuming, and this, you know, she was loving this. (laughs) So my, my point is, be eager to share the gospel. You've got the best news on earth. Some people really do want to hear it. Some don't, but some do. Next way to share the gospel is from Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Next way to talk Christ, talk unashamedly. Christians, we live in a day and age where people are unashamed to live together unmarried Unashamed to be pro-abortion and support Planned Parenthood. Unashamed to march in gay pride parades and promote transgenderism. And if we live in this kind of age, Christian, let us not dare to be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Let us be as bold as the liberals are for Christ. Next way to share the gospel. Follow supernatural leading. If you read Acts chapter 8, an angel says to Philip, go down this certain road, you're going to see a eunuch preach the gospel. Or in Acts chapter 16, Paul has a vision where God basically says, go convert the Macedonians. Sometime you might have a dream or a vision or a strong impression, follow that. I mean, for instance, I garage sale a lot. I was at a garage sale last week, and here's an older lady doing her garage sale, and we're talking small talk and it just kinda was Tom share the gospel so I did (laughs) I talked to her about Jesus Um, sometimes God will just lay it on you talk I had a I had a dream a a while ago Um, there's a certain newscaster on ABC National News I grew up next to him in Omaha when he was eighteen I was eight And we used to shoot baskets on his driveway. And even though he was 10 years older than I, we had these long, good talks. That's what I remembered about him. Well, I haven't talked to him for, what, 50 years maybe? And I had a dream about him. He had a sad look on his face. And I prayed about it, and I just wondered, well, maybe I'm supposed to share the gospel with him. So I called up ABC National News, and I said, any way you can give me his address? So they gave me an address. I wrote him a letter. Dear Steve, do you remember me? We used to play basketball, etc., etc. And then I said, I'm a pastor now, and I just need to share with you the most important thing that I know. And I gave him a little gospel book on how to follow Christ and be saved. Never heard back. But when I have a dream about somebody, I take that as a reminder to pray for that person. And you do that too. And maybe that's the Lord saying, talk to them about Jesus. So follow supernatural leading. Another way to share the gospel, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle writes, Christ sent me to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. I did not come to you, Corinthians, with superiority of speech or of wisdom. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here's the next way we we share. Talk simply. Keep it simple. Don't try to impress people with how smart you are or your big words. When you share Christ with someone, keep it simple. (laughs) Now, I'm a Lutheran pastor. When you become a Lutheran pastor, you you go to seminary for four years. Your third year, actually, is out in the field and you go to a church and you preach for a year. For me, I went to a Lutheran university and I, I preached for a year. But at this Lutheran university, They had a different theologian from the theology department preach every Sunday, so you got all kinds of preachers. And not to be critical, but my, it was boring. And these theologians get up, use words that who knows what they were talking about. And it was so dull. And I marveled that these students came back every week. I wouldn't have. I would have gone to some church in town. But my point is, when you share the gospel, be, be humble, be simple. Uh, that's the way the Apostle Paul preached Christ crucified. Last way to share the gospel. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. So the next way we, we share the gospel is you pray for the Holy Spirit. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit today and may i share you with others today i often pray in the morning lord may i share you with at least one person today and i do that because their house is on fire if they don't know christ their house is on fire are you going to knock on their door or leave them to burn so i want to just close here by asking you would you would you do something for the next seven days for the next seven mornings when you wake up would you say this prayer lord fill me with your Holy Spirit, and use me to talk to one person about Christ today. And Bill Bright, who was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, maybe converted more people to Christ than just about anybody on our planet. He had this definition of successful witnessing, quote, successful witnessing is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. (laughs) So would you do that? Pray in the next seven mornings. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me talk to you about one person at least. And then I leave the results to you, whether they believe it or not. All right, let's review. Here is what we have learned so far. We are to share the gospel with gentleness. We're to conform as much as possible without compromise. We're to share eagerly, unashamedly, follow supernatural leading, share simply, and pray for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide. And so I just close with this. A girl comes home and she says, mom, there's this man who keeps talking to me about Jesus and my soul. What do I do? And the mother said, well, next time he does that, you just tell him to mind his own business. But mother, she said, he acts like this is his business. Christians, do you know the last words Jesus said on earth? The last words, go ye therefore. Go out and spread the gospel. It's so evil that those ELCA Lutherans in New England want to delete bringing people to Christ from the Constitution because they don't want to offend people. What about offending Jesus who gave us his last command, go ye therefore. So this is our business, Christian. Pray for the next seven mornings that God will have you doing his business. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the Pastor Study, where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, when you, how does one break the ice, I guess, is the first you question, know, to evangelize?
1: You know, that, that's a hard one. I mean, if I'm on a plane, I'll pray before I get on the plane, and sometimes it comes up and sometimes it doesn't. But I do pray, Lord, somehow open a door, and then sometimes it really does open. Like when I was at that garage sale with that lady this week. You know, she starts talking about how her daughter, she's a Catholic, and my daughter left the Catholic church for an evangelical church. And, and I said, well, let me tell you what's important. Catholic, evangelical, here's what's important. And then I preached the gospel to her. But sometimes you just got to wait. I had a, a next-door neighbor and his, a couple living next to me. I prayed for years that I would share the gospel and it just didn't happen. Finally, one day, it just happened. I mean, the door opened, she asked a question. We, I was able to pray with her to receive Christ. She needed healing, got an elder. We anointed her with oil. For, so sometimes you gotta wait, but my fear is, We all, myself included, wait too long because we're too doggone scared. We need to, you know, listen how bold people are in our culture for abortion, gay rights, gay pride. I mean, if they're that bold, why can't we Christians be just as bold for Christ?
2: You know, Pastor Brock, we raised our children in the church, and I think there's probably a lot of people out there whose children are kind of in the same position that my children are, we now have grandchildren. They're not going to church. Mm-hmm. They're involved in other things. They have such busy lives. Yeah. What does a parent do to get their children and their grandchildren back on track? You know,
1: that's a great question, Jackie, because that's happening, happening all over the place. Lots of the younger generation do not go to church. And so what do you do if your grown child has stopped going to church and your grandchildren are being raised in nothing? I think you pray for sensitivity, but when you can be the Christian grandma and sit down with the grandkids with Bible stories to read them, I I love those, I I would have gotten into this as a kid. There's some Bible story books that are written like cartoons and you read about Samson in cartoons. I would have loved that as a kid. Buy one of those books, sit down with the grandkids and and read it to them. So if, if the parents won't do the job, you do the best job you can as a grandma evangelizing the kids, the young kids.
2: Okay, so specifically, what do we tell someone to help them become a Christian? This
1: is good. Jackie, I remember the first time anybody asked me about my faith. I was 16 years old at a party. A, a, a young woman comes up, Tom, I hear you're a Christian. I've been reading a book about the end of the world, and it's scaring. I want to become a Christian. How do I become a Christian, Tom? And my response at age 16 was, uh, I mean, I, I had no idea what to tell her. Well, I know what I tell her now, and here's what you tell someone. This comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes, I want to remind you, Corinthians, the gospel I preached to you, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, What you share with someone is, we're sinners, we deserve hell, God became a human being, lived the perfect life we couldn't, Christ died for our sins, he rose from the dead, believe in him, you'll be saved. That's what I should have said to that young woman. You preach the cross and the resurrection. You
2: know, when you get met with hostility for doing that, Mm -hmm. what do you do
1: then? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Jackie, um, I don't get people being real hostile to me when I share the gospel. Part of it is you gotta pray that you be humble. You don't come off as a know-it-all. And, and so, but I think if you humbly, lovingly share Christ with people, most people are, are at least gonna be polite and they might say, no thanks, but they're going, not gonna be hostile. So if, if someone is hostile, uh, Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine, lest they ter- turn and tear you to pieces. And so I don't think if someone's hostile that you have to keep talking to them, uh, but you pray for them. <laughs>
2: Okay, you talked a little bit about using gospel tracts yes. and pamphlets and yes. that. Um, is there a specific place that a person can go to get yep. these?
1: Yep, Let me show you. I just dropped them here on the floor. Um, if you go to any Christian bookstore, go to the, just say, where are your tracts or your pamphlets? Here's one for kids. Here's one for on who is Jesus. Here's a very popular one put up by Bill Bright Campus Crusade. Do you know the four spiritual laws? And Jackie? What I do is I, on, on the plane, I stick these inside the magazines in the plane. <laughs> Some people like to leave them with their bill at the restaurant, but give a good tip. Don't be a bad witness. Don't, don't leave this as the tip. That's called being cheap. Um, but just, you know, hand them out to people. Uh, keep them. I, I've, I've sent these to all my relatives at one point. As my mom, and my dad's brothers and sisters were dying, I sent a to Forest us. Law, just said, I wanna encourage you to read this, let's make all sure we're ready for eternity. So there's all kinds of ways to use these. I have a bunch of them. Go to the Christian bookstore, buy a bunch and use them the rest of your life.
2: Tom, before I retired, I worked in downtown Minneapolis. And you know, if you walk the streets of downtown, you can hardly go more than two or three blocks before there's some person standing on a street corner preaching. Really? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What do you say about street preachers? Well,
1: there's street preachers and there's street preachers. The guy I heard in Chicago that I mentioned in the sermon, loving, wonderful gospel presentation other people screaming at you and you're going to hell and uh, you know i think people are going to hell with christ but there's a way to do this you know and so it it just kind of depends on you know some people you almost wonder if they're mentally ill the way they're screaming at people but i think hum i don't think anything's wrong with witnessing on the street i mean again we've got gay prides parades all through the street why can't we have christians sharing the gospel on the street
2: why don't christians go out on the
1: street i think we're scared isn't that sad we need to pray for the boldness of the Holy Spirit.
2: Is there safety in numbers? I mean, I guess, how do you get a, amongst a group of people that's willing to do that? To go out and do it all by myself? Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure <laughs> I have the no, courage.
1: No, but I, I met someone who they, a little group from his church, you're right, a group is better. A little group from his church goes down every week. And I think they hand out sandwiches and stuff to the homeless, but they also share the gospel. Okay. So some churches are doing this.
2: So, do you have any examples of how you specifically have led someone to Christ?
1: You know, I, I often will, if somebody, uh, if somebody wants to hear the whole gospel, I'll, I'll take them through this little booklet, The Four Spiritual Laws, and, and they'll pray to receive Christ. I also say, now have you been baptized? Because that's a big deal in the New Testament. If they've never been baptized, we get them baptized. So yeah, there's all kinds of stories of how you lead people to the Lord.
2: Okay, I guess my next question for you then is, how were you led to the Lord?
1: Well, what, how many minutes we got? You know, Jackie, I was raised in a good, biblical Lutheran church. Sadly, it was pretty boring, but I'm grateful that I learned the gospel going to that church. And I think I was a Christian early on. But when I got to college is when a college student confronted me, Tom, are you saved? And that's when I kind of had a good crisis and I came to understand I'm saved by grace, not by my good works, that's when the light bulb went on. Again, I was confused, and I think I was saved before that, but when I came to understand we're saved by grace alone, not by good works, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that's when things, and I'm grateful for that pushy college girl who asked me about my soul. I'm grateful, I I mean, I was offended, honestly, but I'm glad she was offensive to me. So there
2: you go. You know, I think for the average person, though, the thought of actually trying to go out and find people to lead to Christ is something that, yeah. you know, is scary.
1: We need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We and, do.
2: So explain to me, though, how does a person follow up? And we've only got about 30 <laughs> seconds left.
1: When somebody does accept Christ with you, you don't say, bye-bye now, have a great life. You say, can I get you into a good church? Can you come with me to church this Sunday? Invite them to come with you to church because you need to get them into the body of Christ.
2: Okay. Well, we want to thank you for being with us this week. If it wasn't for you, the viewing audience, our show wouldn't be on the air any longer. Mm -hmm. and. We just pray that God would be with you this week granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. God bless.
0: God bless. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry?